Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 to 14 minutes, but it keeps us in God's word and that keeps us connected with our, in our relationship with God. It also helps us to stay strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Do you know people in your life who need to turn their lives around? because you know that they're living in sinful ways, self-destructive lifestyles, help them by sharing these short studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You may make a difference in their lives by getting them into God's Word by sharing these studies. Make that commitment today. We're going to continue our line of thought and study. We're talking about our own worst enemy or mankind's worst enemy, and that's mankind himself. That's us, ourselves. We are our own worst enemy. We keep making the wrong decisions in many cases, probably we would say in most cases, around as as far as humanity is concerned. We see all kinds of problems around us. We see all kinds of violence. We see all kinds of evil, wickedness, sinfulness, outright ungodliness. Well, who makes the decisions to pursue those kinds of lifestyles? to make those kinds of of choices in their life. The people who do those things, mankind himself. We make bad choices and we suffer negative consequences. We can't blame that on anybody else, although that seems to be a victimology kind of mindset that we have in our culture right now in our country and probably in a whole lot of other countries around the world. We keep blaming our bad choices, our bad decisions, and all the negative consequences on other people, other situations, circumstances, and on and on and on it goes. Well, no, we make the choices. We are our own worst enemy. But we can also be a great, uh, we can make a great difference for good if we will turn to God's word and we'll follow his lead, his instruction manual, and we'll make the right choices godly choices. Well, we've been talking about that. We are our own worst enemy. Mankind is his own worst enemy. Now, as we closed last time, we were were looking at another principle, and that is that vice or wickedness is harder in the long run than virtue or righteousness. What does that that, that verse say? Jeremiah 9 and verse 5, They weary themselves. Who are the they? People. They weary themselves to commit iniquity. What happens, you know, when you look at somebody who ends up for years and years in jail because of evil that he's done, because of breaking the law, but not just breaking civil law, but he's broken God's law. He's engaged in maybe theft or maybe violence, uh, maybe even murder. Maybe he's been involved in, in sexual pred, uh, you know, predation. He's been a predator sexually. Whatever it might be, who makes those choices? Whatever it is, theft or whatever, the person, the person himself. Nobody does that for him or her. Nobody makes them do that. They make the choices themselves. And even if somebody doesn't end up in jail, they keep suffering from their bad choices. You probably know people in your life. They keep making bad choices, 
ungodly choices, sinful choices, and they keep suffering the consequences. Why, why in different times of the history, even in our country, why have we seen just almost explosions in sexually transmitted diseases? That doesn't happen between a husband and wife who are faithful to each other. It happens through ungodly, sinful sexual relationships. Well, what does God's word say? Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, what does a lamp, what does a light do for us when we're traveling down a particular pathway or down a road or going in a particular direction through our house and it's dark outside? It shows us the right way. But what if we turn off the light? What if we don't even use the light? We don't want to use that light. God's word is the light. Now, again, John Chrysostom said, virtue is easier than vice. Amen to that. Men work a great deal harder to please the devil than they would, than they would have to work to please God. Judas stayed up late and came with midnight torches when he could have been home asleep. John 18 and verse 3. He was the betrayer of Jesus. The Jewish rulers assembled early enough to have all proceedings finished and Jesus on the cross by 9 a.m. Have you ever thought about that? All of those mock hearings, trials, whatever you want to call them, that they ran Jesus through to try to justify their decision to have him put to death on the cross, they did that all in one night. In one night, Luke chapter 22, verse 66, Mark 15, verse 25. Paul's enemies must have half-starved themselves according to a vow they made. Now, this is just one small segment of Paul's enemies. But in, in Acts chapter 23 and verse 12, there were a group of Jews who hated Paul enough that they vowed that they would not eat or drink until they had assassinated him. Well, <laughs> uh, they did not assassinate him. I wonder if they starved to death or died due to lack of water. Well, of course not. They obviously went back on their vow somewhere along the line. But you see, to what lengths people will go? Is assassination, is assassination, is that a godly practice? Henry Ward Beecher told of one who had the habit of stealing all his firewood. He would get up on cold nights and take it from his neighbors, wood piles, since wood was inexpensive and easy to find and cut, he spent more time and worked harder to get his wood by stealing it from his neighbors than he would have had to do to if he had simply gone out and, and cut the wood himself, honestly. See, again, there are people who are out there who commit atrocities and they dedicate those atrocities that they have committed to God, to their faithfulness in God. They think they're serving God by murdering other people. And we see that going on around us all the time, even right now in our world and even in our country. The dying words of James Tracy, executed in Chicago in 1888, were these. I do not believe any man who has known a life of virtue can ever be contented with a life of vice. 
Yeah, you see, they're opposites. They rub against each other. He went on and said, the farmer who has spent his life on his farm, never seeing more of the world than, than the road to market, or more of society than the village congregation, is happier than the sporting man who gets his money easily but questionably, in other words, dishonestly a lot of times, and sees society in its wildest dissipation. I hope that my fate may prove a warning to young men who are cheating themselves with the idea that there can be any peace, any happiness, or prosperity in a crooked life. And we could say in an ungodly life. Yes, the way of righteousness is easier. That The devil tries to convince people it's harder. You can't live that life. That's too narrow. All those thou shalt nots. What about all of those blessings that are promised? What about the promise that God will be with us as long as we are with God? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The closing verses of Matthew chapter, of Matthew chapter 6. God has the way for us, the best way. And what does God promise at the end of that road? The road of faithfulness and dedication to him, the righteous lifestyle. He said, I've got a place prepared for you. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 14 and the first few verses, he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Well, and I'm paraphrasing there, but pretty close to the scripture text, picking out excerpts. What is that place like? Heaven we're talking about. A place of bliss. Don't even need street lights there because the presence of God the Father and God the Son illuminate the city itself. It is a city that is unlike any this world, this world has ever seen or ever will see. Massive in total in, in, in total, total area. And it's a place where there's no more pain. There's no more sickness. There's no more dying. There are no more tears, so there's no more crying. It's a place of sustenance provided by God himself. This world offers nothing like that. But God offers it to the person who will live the righteous life before him. The reward is beyond anything that any human being could hope for just in this life, in this world. But God offers it to us as a consequence, as a reward of our living by his teachings. As he has loved us and continues to love us and blesses us, that we demonstrate our love back to him through our obedience to his teachings. John 14 and verse 15. The best life. Now, why will so many miss that ultimate reward? Why will so many ultimately have to suffer the negative consequences, consequences that it's difficult for, our, for us to wrap our minds around? 
because they're attached to eternal condemnation in hell? Because they will have made the wrong choices. We are our own worst enemy. Man's worst enemy? It's not climate change. It's not the supposed threat of some kind of alien race from outer space invading the earth and killing us all off or putting us into bondage? Nah. It's not even foreign powers conquering our land and putting us under subjection. No. Our greatest danger is our own bad choices, our own bad decisions as to how we're going to live our lives in wickedness, in sinfulness, rather than in righteousness before God. And so the consequences that we ultimately will bear as a result of our own bad decisions. We are our own worst enemies. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray that you will please guide us in your will and that you will help people everywhere to see the ultimate value and the ultimate rewards of simply following you obediently through your word, the Bible. Please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.